impressed. I see a lot of smiling faces. Is everybody a morning person? <laughs> I am not necessarily a morning person, but for some reason, we both we both got up early this morning, even with change. It's awesome. All the smiling faces. Well, we're glad that you guys are here today. Are you ready to worship Jesus this morning? Are you ready? All right. Well, let's... My name is Pastor Marsha, and first off, we're going to do our mission and ethos, and we're going to, can I have everybody stand up? I love to say our missions and ethos standing up this morning. Okay, are you ready? You're going to read it with me? All right. House Church's mission is to connect people with God and each other in an atmosphere of love and grace. As a faith community, we are committed to living relationally according to the values of our ethos. Married, divorced, and single here, it's one family that mingles here. Conservative and liberal here, we've all got to give a little here. Doubt and believe here, we all can receive here. LGBTQIA and straight here, there's no hate here. Woman, man, and trans here, every gender, binary, or non can here. Whatever your race here, for all of us, a place here. Rich or poor here, class differences dissolve here. Able-bodied or differently abled, you're part of the body of Christ here. Neurodivergent, are neurotypical, you have the mind of Christ here. Popular and accepted, are cast out and rejected, we all belong in Christ here. In an imitation of the extravagant love God has for each of us and all of us, let us live and love the best we can by putting people first and labels second. Yay! Awesome. You may be seated. Um, I'm going to share some. We have some announcements this morning. They're going to be a little bit longer because we got so much stuff going on. Yay! That that is awesome. Um, first off, we have Lent devotionals. It is that time of year. Back in the back on the table, we have printed Lent devotionals. But my favorite way to get them is the app on my phone. This is not my phone. But what I love about that's why we all need to have the app, our house church app, on our phone. Because it doesn't matter where you're at. Think, oh, man, I left it. It's lunchtime and the papers are at home. Now you just pull out your phone and you have it wherever, you, wherever, you, wherever you're at. Whenever you decide you think about it, I have them right here on my phone. Okay, next. Yay, Easter. Woo-hoo. Yay, Easter. Easter is coming April 17th. It was going to be a big morning for house church. We are going to have food in the house. What? What? We are going to eat together on Easter. How long has it been? Three years. Three years, right? Who, who has not been here on an Easter Sunday at house church before? Well, you guys are in for a big surprise. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but it's always very good. And it's, it's always very good, and it's always a lot. 
right? It's going to be so good. And we're going to have an Easter egg hunt with the kids. Is Kelly here? I don't see her this morning. Okay, but Kelly Kemp uh, needs help with the hunt. She's the one in charge. She's our point person. We need, well, plastic eggs, dollar bills. I even like $5 bills, right? Candy, little toys, and stuff like that. So she's, we're going to need things. So bring them. You can start bringing them now. Next Sunday, you can start bringing them. And then Kelly's going to need help with actually stuffing them and then actually help on the day with and stuff like that. And it's always fun. And I'm sure there'll be candy for us adults too, I'm sure. Anyway, all right. And then the other great thing, it's spring break week. Yay, kids. Yay, parents. Oh, sorry, parents. <laughs> I'm thankful my kids are 21 and 25. Yay. And they don't live at home. Yay. Anyway, 22, that's right. Once someone had a birthday. That was pretty close, I think. But anyway, this week, Tuesday, uh, she, well, they are, you got a turkey mountain from 10 a.m. to noon. Do you have anything else you want to add, April? Two hours, so two hours, and if you want more detailed information, I'm sure re reach out to April and she has all that stuff for you. It's Tuesday, 10 to noon, taking a hike on Turkey Mountain. Also, this book here, Walking the Bridgeless Canyon, Kelly Kemp is going to uh, lead, this, lead this Bible study. Um, it's going to be virtually meeting through Zoom. I'm going to Zoom Thursdays at 6.30 for one hour beginning April 7th, okay? And there is a discussion of the book, the actual book, and then there's like a guide that's a companion to the book. So you're going to need to get both of those books to do this study. And it starts, or, and I don't see your phone number on here, but if you get to church, you have Kip's phone number and you'll be able to reach out to her and let her know that you're going to do the study. Okay, nursery. All right, the nursery's provided for our zero to five-year-old, five-year-olds, awesome. Have you guys been back there in that area and stuff, all the neat stuff that they have for the kids? It's such a great, a great place for the kids. We have somebody back there now. So if you know anybody who has kids, right, and they wanna come to church and they're not sure about a nursery, we have an awesome nursery back there for them. We want to hear from you. Over here at this table over here, we have um, comment cards. We have prayer requests and welcome cards. If you've never filled one out before, we'd love for you to fill one out. We, 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 have, we have it indicated on there. If you want to hear through this text, I just want a text, or I want a phone call, or I just want an email, whatever. We're not going to bombard you. And we're not hundred people aren't going to be reaching out to you, okay? So you don't have to worry about that. And we're not sharing your information with anybody, but we would love to hear from you. And that's another way if you want to be on, I believe, on the church app and stuff like that. If you fill that out, we'll put you in the church directory and stuff like that. All right. Giving uh, makes a difference. And, and thank you for giving. Did we miss a slide? No. Did I miss the church app one? picture 
Keep going. Okay. <laughs> I know we, now well, I did change things up this morning. Okay. Ukraine, stand with Ukraine. Uh, we wanted to give you guys an opportunity to give financially um, to a ministry that's on the front lines um, in, in aiding Ukrainian refugees. Pastor Bonnie's cousin is a founder of Bread of Life International and has been doing an amazing work in that area for 20 years. And we know many of us want to be able to give or do something, but we don't really know where to give and really, really actually going to be going to them. And we know through this, uh, the bread of life, that they are actually helping helping them. So if you guys want to give, you can uh, do it through our app that we're going to talk about here. Um, you can do it through the app or you can do text through give. Just indicate on the notation that it is for Ukraine. And of course... We can continue to pray for all those affected, and we all, we all know that our prayers are very powerful. Money is good, too. They're feeding them and taking care of them, but also our prayers are really powerful. Now, the church apps that I've been talking about, maybe we, well, anyway. Uh, <laughs> the church app, house church app, I, and again, I, I, if, you don't, if you don't have it, I encourage you so much to get it, because you get, um, I've been listening um, going back and listening to coffee and theology and and stuff like that and you can uh it's it's just cool just to go through it and then there are tidelies on there you can give uh whenever you feel led to give the church directory just like with kelly camp if you want to help with easter or you want to help or you want to go uh to her book bible study or book study that she's doing her phone number's in there you just go on there click kelly camp and you can call or you can text her if you have any questions and stuff like that. So I encourage you so much to get it. It is, it is so useful and I use it probably uh, every day. I use it and I encourage you guys to to get it. Food pantry, and again in the back food pantry, if you guys need something today, please take it. Because sometimes stuff does expire. Just go ahead and take it if you need it. If you have extra stuff and you want to bring it, bring it and just set it in there next week. That would be great. Or I want to say, if you know someone else needs it that's not here, go ahead and grab it, grab it for them. What you can expect today, uh, from this point on, we're gonna uh, we're gonna do a prayer and exhortation. We're gonna have grace and peace, something that we love to do because we love talking to each other and elbow bumping. I'm ready to stop elbow bumping and just like going on the full on hug. Personally, we're gonna have a peace blessing from Amber. We're gonna sing together. We're gonna have the gospel in three minutes ish. Bob James is this morning uh, and sing together again and then a message from Pastor Bonnie pre, mid or post what does that mean? I have no idea sounds awesome I cannot wait I cannot wait to hear what God has given her this week, that sounds great we're going to do communion together um, have a prayer and, and then benediction are you guys ready? All right. Right now, I'd like to ask Eve to go ahead and come up. And I'm going to do our prayer and exhortation with you this morning. And as she starts playing, I want us uh, to settle into this uh, space of our time together this morning. I want to share this. I was reading this this week that... It really made me feel comforted, comforted and loved. It was just a reminder, right? You know, sometimes we forget, and maybe it will do the same thing 
for you guys this morning. Do not hesitate to receive joy from me, for I bestow it on you abundantly. The more you rest in my presence, the more freely my blessings flow into you. In the light of my love, you are gradually transformed from glory to glory. It is through spending time with me that you realize how wide, how long, how high, how deep my love is for you. Sometimes the relationship I offer you seems too good to be true. I pour my very life into you, and all you have to do is receive me. In a world characterized by working and taking the admission, admission to rest and receive seems way too easy. There's a close connection between receiving and believing. As you trust me more and more, you're able to receive me and my blessings abundantly. Be still and know that I am God. And that's Psalms 46.10. Will you bow with me? Lord, help us to realize that the more we rest and be still in your presence, the more your blessings will flow into our lives. It is through spending time with you that we feel the magnitude of your love for us. I love what I just read about how wide, how long, how high, how deep your love is for us. As we trust you more, we'll be able to receive you and your blessings in our lives. We thank you so much for loving us. We thank you so much for comforting us. We thank you for being here with us this morning as we begin to worship and sing praises to you. And we thank you for what you've given Pastor Bonnie this morning. We are ready with our ears turned on to receive the message that you have for us. Amen. All right, would you all stand with me, please? Now comes the time we love. We get to love on one another. We're going to do some grace and peace. So whoever you haven't talked to yet this morning, let's cross the aisles. Remember to be respectful still, elbow, fist bump, or whatever. Um, let's just tell people, I am so glad, even though we lost an hour of sleep, that you made it here this morning because I needed to see you this morning. I needed to hug you. I needed to look in your eyes. And those of you who are unable to be here this morning that are watching live, we are so thankful that you're watching. And that some of us, hopefully some of us, will get in front of the camera and say hi so we can see eye to eye to the people live here this morning. Cross the aisles and love on one another.
All right. Wasn't that fun? We love it so much. And right now, our Amber is going to come up and give her peace blessing this morning. Good morning. So Bonnie likes me to tell you all how these started. And I don't like to do it every week, but there are a bunch of new people, so I'll do it today. <laughs> I started writing these over a year ago really just because I needed peace. And so um, they change every week based on whatever is in my spirit, whatever I'm hearing is going on, things that are happening in the world. And this is what I wrote last week that I ended up scrapping to do the one on the body. Um, so today it's all about your emotions. Peace in all of your emotions as they uniquely minister to you today. Like in the sadness that will gently bathe your face in tears. Or in the joy that lightens your step and causes you to sing a new song. But especially in the grief that reminds you that your capacity to love is ever expanding. Peace to your courageous vulnerability. The thing that both reveals your deepest fears and ties a cape around your neck. In case you didn't know, that vulnerability is your greatest superpower. Peace to your confusion as it takes you by the hand and encourages you to stay curious, to learn something new. Remember that discomfort is a necessary ingredient of growth. So don't give up before you see what's trying to bloom. Peace to your heartbreaking disappointments and your greatest regrets. Like the things that were entirely out of your control, the mistakes you made before you knew better, or the actions you wish you had taken but never did. Peace to your fear that protects you from threats, real or imagined. To your loneliness that returns you again to connection. To your nostalgia that ushers you back to the good old days and to your hope that anchors you in the one day, but not yet. Peace to you in every hint of wonder, or despair, or surprise that ministers to you today. You are the beloved in Christ. Peace to you. Amen. I don't know about you, but every week I feel like she writes those just for me. Every time. Well, good morning, everybody. We're going to share a song with you. It's new, but not new. We've done it before, but it's been a while. And uh, so I encourage you to just sit and hang out. And we're going to go through the first verse twice so everybody can get comfortable and settled in. And then just lift your voices and sing as loud as you want to. We love it. Make it stand or sit.
unfailing love stronger Stand with me. Come on, let's sing that. Deeper than oceans, reaches to me. Unfailing love, unfailing love, unfailing love. Can we slow it down a little bit? Stronger than mountains, deeper than oceans. to me piano keep on playing keep on playing piano yeah yeah what's next in the fullness of your strength and in the power of your grace i love that you lift me up who needs to be lifted up i just want to be lifted on high (laughs) i need a little bit of that you do that god the fullness of your grace and the power of everything you are your name means all of your graces that come to us yeah yeah you lift me up you are my strength you are my strength you guys are so nice Thanks for standing with me on that. That was fun. Bob, James, and the gospel in three, four, four minutes. Good morning. So about 48 years ago, I asked my grandpa, 
who was a and who had by Bible for 68 years a very serious question grandpa I'm so mean compared to Jesus have you ever asked that question did you ever notice that the God of the Old Testament seems to run around smiting people well my grandpa answered Bobby just ignore the Old Testament just read the New Testament in fact just read the four Gospels Matthew Mark Luke anything else that'll just confuse you well let me tell you that answer didn't work for me not even one little bit so nearly half a century I have been reading the Bible reading commentaries studying the languages of the Bible and listening to tens of thousands of hours about the Bible and come up with some answers of my own that I think makes a little more sense than just skipping 95% of the Bible now I want to point something out that Jesus said about the Bible at least what he said about the Old Testament for sure it's found in the fifth chapter of the Gospel of John beginning with verse 39 from the lyric translation and Jesus said to the Pharisees you relentlessly search the scriptures as if looking for hidden secrets you imagine that they hide the very life of the ages which will place you at the top of the order when God's kingdom appears but you're so blind you don't even recognize that their sole purpose is to testify and point everyone to me but you're not willing to come towards me in order to embrace me face and in doing so grasp this true life you so deeply desire so what does this have to do with God appearing to be an ogre in the Old Testament well if you've been around me much or listened to any of my teachings over the years you heard me expand upon this teaching of Jesus and other things that he said about the Bible and how we're actually to interpret it I believe Jesus was very clear that the Bible on its own is impossible to understand without having Jesus by our side to unlock its true secrets I Jesus taught that it's not just his parables that were parables the entire Bible is one amazingly beautiful and complex multi-dimensional and fractally expansive story that all points to Jesus and if we come to him and ask him to show us he will reveal all of the amazing truths of how he and the Father are really more compassionate loving kind and caring we could ever imagine in a thousand lifetimes so I guess my grandpa was right about one thing I did find the secret to understanding the Bible by reading deeply in the New Testament Gospels since that is where this verse in John is written so thank you grandpa I miss you and I love you and that's how I see the gospel Aww. in four minutes or less beautiful I think that um, Miss April is standing in the back and the children can be dis, uh, released d- dismissed I guess moving to the next child. we're no not child dismissing children <laughs> we don't dismiss permitted. children in this house 
permitted to leave. They may now transition to the next stage. <laughs> you may transition respectfully. Au revoir, children. Beautiful. I love it when the kids make up the bulk of who is here. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> the kids leaving, it's like, whoa, wow, what, happened? Again. <laughs> what happened? Talk about social distancing. Wow. Oh, I thought you had more to say. Oh, okay. Um, if you want to sit or stand to sing, whatever's comfortable for you. This next song we're going to sing, Strong Tower, is uh, one of our favorites because we wrote it. And uh, we wrote it back in 2020. Was it 2020? Right when the pandemic started happening. And remember, we were at Maggie's and we were doing live worship from the stage there. And it was a lot of fun. And this song came out of some really amazing time of prayer and worship for us. So we're going to sing it together.
on Sunday mornings we come together and we have one plan but then a whole nother plan happens and this was one of those mornings and I'm truly grateful we're grateful to have Tamara with, up here with us this morning I'm glad to be here and I'm on vacation <laughs> this is their intro into spring break <laughs>
every shadow you consume, you illuminate the
Be my truth when the lies call And give me faith when I doubt it When the voices say I'm not good at all You be the voice that drowns it Sing that again be my truth when the lies call And give me faith when I doubt it When the voices say I'm not good at all You be the voice that drowns it And call my weary soul you're in control lord speak to me and set my feet to run to you no other love will do you captivate my heart and behold your light comes shining through every shadow you consume you illuminate the dark Jesus 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 you illuminate the dark Jesus Jesus resonates in you. Yeah, if you want an easy way in, just find a little note. Maybe you can hum to yourself. Let your body know it's safe. Maybe some harmonies in there.
something very calming and soothing about singing. Uh, people have been doing it for centuries. <laughs> been calming themselves uh, in the valleys, in the mountains, and caves uh, forever. Uh, it's not necessarily a contemporary thing at all. It's uh, just something that comes from the bones. It's your voice speaking into your atmosphere and declaring what can be and what you want and what you are and who you are. It's a research has shown that humming actually calms the stress levels in the body. Just humming it out, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like the spirit is wanting to speak. Um, a name came to me. Kelly, did you have something you wanted to say? Anything coming to your heart at all? That's okay if I'm way off. And I just wanted to ask you. It came to my heart. Um, yeah. Oh. I always want to give room and space to, for spirit to speak. Um, you know, don't you? <laughs> I want that. I want that. I want the spirit to speak. Good things. All right. Well, you may be seated. And thank you, bands. Everybody give them a little hand clap round. <laughs> Great. It was good to have Tamara part of that today. Um, she was available today. She's in high demand on her Sundays. And so it's nice when she can be with us. Yeah, yeah, so good to be in the house with you, that you would choose this place to worship, that you would choose this place to connect. Um, yeah, I'm just really glad to be here, I'm really glad to be in the space with you. I've, I've played with formations in the house, like how would it feel to be like more connected? And I've tried like circles, like more circular. I've tried more different rows, but this chevron pattern, but isn't that nice, the chevron pattern? It's supposed to be the most connected way to be in a, in a small space like this. So I'm cool with that, but I'm way out here and you guys are way out there. And I, I always want to dogpile with everybody it would make me feel better if we were just all on the couch together. Um, <laughs> some of you are like, I really don't, that does not sound fun at all to be with anybody on the couch here at this church. Okay, all right, well, let's see what the Spirit would say to this church and to, to this house today. Um, I would love... Uh, the, the spirit is is speaking. I, I'm, hesi- I'm I'm a little hesitant, which is not unusual for me <laughs> when I get started up here, um, because I'm kind of just tuning in to see what would the spirit want to say to us today, and how is the direction that I have planned um, really going to unfold. And so I'm excited about that. I'm excited for what the spirit is speaking to me and has been through the week. Last week was intense, wasn't it? Man. Who was that? You're going to get distinguished pastor up in the house today. She got her purple 
my little sweater that makes me feel like Mr. Rogers, and so I'm just going to try to be more, uh, I don't know. No, I'm not. I'm going to be just exactly who I am. Um, last week was intense, paralleling the wilderness experience of Jesus and um, finding our text over there in Luke 4, uh, I think, long around there, somewhere in there, 4, 5, or 6. And paralleling my own experience coming from that spiritual retreat, remember, and saying that that was kind of like my River Jordan where I was baptized into the refreshing and remembering of who I am in Christ, the, the beloved of God. I had lost track of that. And then these temptations that followed. And remember we said it wasn't your just every ordinary, uh, you know, uh, uh, common temptation. <laughs> <laughs> but it was these like kind of next, the, oh, I said standard, standard temptations. But it was more like this kind of next level stuff where it was like, how am I going to perceive my reality? How am I going to put myself in the equation? How am I going to bring all of the parts of me to every encounter and experience that I have? And remember, you were watching me be real vulnerable about all of that. Um, while you got to sit there quiet and say, ooh, she has a lot to learn, doesn't she? <laughs> she got, you know, Brene Brown says that vulnerability in you is experienced as courage, but when vulnerability is experienced in me, it feels like weakness, right? But when we see somebody else being real honest about stuff, it's really interesting. It's like, oh, good, they're being so strong. Uh, so... Who in the house, when you saw the, my message title, what came, <laughs> what came to your mind? All of my, my uh, church upbringing folks, what came to your mind, Kelly? Tribulation, <laughs> yeah. What else came to mind, pre, mid, or post? Operation? Is that what you said? Okay. There you go, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Tyler, thank you for that. You're echoing what the front row has said as well. So menopause, tribulation. COVID, yeah, all of that kind of stuff. Can I have my water? <laughs> I thought I'd scare some of my evangelicals, my former evangelicals, by putting that up there because I thought you might think tribulation, that we were going to have a big old talk about it, but no. Can you even trust, can you even trust anyone that wrote anything, song lyrics, comedian routines, or anything before the pandemic. Let me tell you what I mean. When I find music that I like, the first thing I like to do is see when it was written, when it was released. Okay, that's my first go-to. And these days, the newer stuff, I'm like, oh, 2019. Oh, they had no idea what was coming. I wonder, but I still listen, but I'm like, how could they possibly be trauma-informed? 
How could they possibly be informed about our world? But I'll have a listen. Or if it's like if the date says February 2020, and the song is titled like Hope Forever, or When I'm With My Friends, or Dinner Party Selections. <laughs> I think, yeah, wow, they had no idea how ill-timed their releases were going to be. And then if the date is April 2020, was anything released in April <laughs> of 2020? Yeah, it's <laughs> true. No, I think that was June. <laughs> hey, nothing was happening in April okay, of 2020. Because in my mind, there is a definite distinction between pre-pandemic worldviews, <laughs> mid-pandemic worldviews, and post-pandemic worldviews. It's night and day for me. And if a song is like Hope Here Now, and it's mid-pandemic, like, it's December 2020, the first time you had to make really hard decisions about who you were going to spend Christmas with. Remember that? Remember all that? It's like, I want to hear that song even more because of their position on the timeline. I lean into that poem or that book or that song that was penned and released during that time because I know immediately that those people have experienced similar things as me. I immediately desire to know how they coped, how they thought, what they were creating, what their art looked like, what their journal entries were, I immediately want to shift my perspective. This morning, Tamara's reading through an Enneagram book specifically focused for sixes. Okay. I'm a sixes in the house. Okay. I learned that the majority of the population is a six. I don't know. Either running away or toward fear. Okay, okay. I feel like that's any of us, any given day. And yet, they made sense. Oh, that's, that's what I was going to say. She said, she said, ooh, so this book, the first half of the book was before COVID. Last half is while, is 2020. And she said, ooh, I'm really excited about this one because this was in the middle of the pandemic. So all of a sudden, her perspective shifted. Now she puts herself in a different seat. Same author, same book, but now she's really tuned in in a different way. Don't you do the same thing? Tuned in in a different way now. All of a sudden it holds more weight. Life as we knew it, for us, changed completely. And it touched everyone. This was a universal 
This is not just one country experiencing war, one part of one country experiencing famine, one part of one country experiencing economic decline. This is everybody, universal. And so I find myself paying more attention to what's being, what was written or the comedy routines. We like to watch stand-up comedy. And when all that they were talking about was Trump for a minute, and then, and you know, like, you can tell that they haven't been informed on the pandemic yet. I just, there's something about me that kind of just goes, I don't even have time for that pre-pandemic thing in a lot of ways. Yet everything that has ever been created, everything that has ever been invented, everything that has ever been written was all done before this pandemic. This one. It's the study of context and positionality. It's like, and now we have this, these um, ways to grade it. You know, in what country did they experience the pandemic? Because we know that not every country experienced the pandemic the same way. And then, if we know what country they lived in, what city were they in? Was it a big city or a small city? Was it rural? Was it Montana or San Francisco? Even within the same country, I like to say it this way, we, not everybody's in the same boat. We're in the same storm, but everybody's in a different boat. But we all got touched by that storm. We all got touched by it, and some would say we're still in it. And this last week, we passed the two-year anniversary of the CDC announcing the pandemic. Two years. Two years. <laughs> I spoke with a, a, a pastor friend of mine in town um, who pastors a UCC church on Harvard and 31st. They just started going back in person last week. That was their first time to go back in person, just last week. Then, then how many know there's other churches that never stopped meeting? The difference of experience through this pandemic, isn't it wild? Remember how we all had to make decisions about birthday parties and, and holiday gatherings? And how devastating that was when part of the family that was very critical for that engagement chose to stay home. And it caused all kinds of friction, all kinds of relationship fallouts. People shifted whole friendship groups based on what their tolerance was for going in public. Remember this? We're still living with this. We're still living with those decisions that we made back in 2020, still having a ripple effect over our friendships today. Oh, about, how about this? The haphazard decisions that people seem to make, and then you say in your quiet time, what? They told me. <laughs> Come on, remember? We've all had this conversation. They told me that they weren't going to do that because of this, and then they went ahead and went to that birthday party for their grandma the next day. 
pre-pandemic, mid-pandemic, post-pandemic. Our text today um, is going to be Philippians 3.17, if you want to find that. Philippians is over, if you have your paper Bible. Who has a paper Bible with them? I don't know. Anybody? Yeah, some of my peeps have your paper. So if you have your paper, paper Bible with you, I'm guessing you already know where Philippians is. <laughs> Philippians 3. We're walking through the second week of Lent, y'all, um, the Lenten season. 317. And we're going to read through verse uh, chapter 4 and verse 9. So this is going to be a long little text here. This is uh, said to be penned by Paul, who wrote most of this uh, part of the Bible and his experience um, with these churches that he planted and that started. And these are his folks that he's talking to. And you will always notice in the text, if I read it just the way that it is, it is always uh, written to men. It's always written to brethren. That's not including sisters at all. It's not intended to. And I'm not going to overreach and try to have creative liberty on it. This is just who this was written to. But that's context. That's context. So you know. Brethren. <laughs> Brethren, join in following my example and note that those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. Let's just like kind of sit in that. So you have us for a pattern. This is like ancient pedagogy. You follow by example. You learn orally. You learn by oral transfer of stories. This is the way it was. And by following an example of someone, you know that you're following their teacher because everyone was learning in close relationship with their teacher. So this is how it was, and they lived very close in clusters, in communities, so everyone took on that persona or that language, that perspective. It was easier. Nothing was written down. Or the most part. You know that. You can preach history better than I can. And note, for, so you have for us a pattern. 18. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. Stop. Verse 20. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. Therefore, my beloved and longed-for brethren, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, beloved. I implore Eudia and I implore Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. 
and I urge you also, true companion, help these women who labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Now listen to this. This was the whole preceding text, because this one you're going to know. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, think on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. There is a concept in the scripture that Paul always had when he would visit a group of people. He said, I desire to be with you that I might impart some spiritual grace or some spiritual gift. And over my lifetime, I've realized that spiritual things are often more caught than taught. You get them by example. You get them by somebody showing you the way in a pattern. You pick it up by the way people speak, the way people think, the way people um, respond to things. It's a an exa- it's it's a thing that we've lost some in our culture today because we're not we're so isolated. But when you can get around some people and let that spirit that mind, it's a mind it's a mindset that can be established in oneself that. That, that he's talking about this kind of before you had Christ and now you have this new way of thinking, this new mindset. He's like, brethren, remember, your citizenship is in heaven. Well, that was huge because they got all of their worth and value by where their citizenship was. Same for us. Where we were born, to who, what family, what names, how much money, how much education. We all want to pin our pedigree into the highest class possible. It's where we want to gravitate. It's where we want to come from. But Paul is suggesting that there is a new way of determining your orientation. There is a new citizenship of which you are a part. And it is not of this world. It is not the way the world counts. It's not the way that the world levels you. This is a citizenship that can't be seen with your natural eyes. This is something that comes when you first see him. All throughout the scripture, we see, read about people who are crying out for their sight. 
Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. What do you want me to do for you? That I might see. That I might see. So I can imagine that the Lord Jesus preaching and teaching and going in their synagogues te teaching, saying, behold, see, look, I'm showing you a new way. See this now. See that it is here now. And they'd go, well, where is this kingdom that you are talking about? Where is it? Where can I find this new system? Where can I find it? The, the scripture, I think, there is probably around Luke 4. But it, he's saying, where the people would cry out, well, where do we get this? Fill in the blank. Living water, <laughs> bread of life, bread of heaven, this new way of seeing. Where do we get this? And over and again, the Lord would respond, don't say look over there or look over here, thinking that the kingdom can be perceived with natural eyes. For this that he was talking about lives within you. The kingdom of heaven is not a place you go to when you die. The kingdom of heaven, the system that is so new for humanity, the citizenship of heaven kind of thing, that lives within you. A wonder to behold. <laughs> when you have your eyes open, consider, okay, consider the... Uh, idea over there in John 3 um, with Nicodemus. And uh, Nicodemus is saying, unless you be born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. That's not talking about you cannot go to heaven when you die unless you be born again. Like, hear me when I say that. That is not what this is talking about. It's talking about opening your spiritual eyes, your the mind eyes, the inside perception of how you see yourself and how you see the world around you, how you see others. We have these old, these old kind of cliches that say like, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's true. But I would submit to you that that happens over many times throughout your life. I would submit to you that this is a thing that happens when the scales, so to speak, if I'm speaking scripturally, falls off of your eyes and you begin to see yourself as the beloved in Christ. And then you begin to see how truly connected you are with everything and everyone else. You can't unsee that kind of connection. That is beholding the kingdom of God, the siblingship of God, the loving, the, the love pervasive, love forward, everyone included, wanted, worthy, welcomed kind of way. And once you see it that way, you can't see it pre-Christ. Once you have your experience with God, even that one time, it pivots you forever. You have another one, it pivots you forever. You have another one, it pivots you forever. It keeps changing you from glory to glory to glory, the scripture says. 
we are changing from glory to glory to glory. It just keeps getting more and more expansive. We have these, these watershed moments all throughout the scripture. I mean, the whole Hebrew scriptures and all of what we reference as the Old Testament, but it's the Hebrew texts that are still alive and, and being read in and, and customs and churches and synagogues the world over. Their big moment was the exile. Everything, I mean, everything was, was counted. I mean, it's kind of how do you count time? Well, for a, a person living in Israel, do you count time from when you were exiled? Wilderness, Egypt, I mean, these are all coming back, right? You count time of when we were in Egypt for 400 years, when we were in the wilderness for this so long, when we were here. I mean, how do you count time? Before and after the destruction of the temple, 586 B.C., that's how they counted time. We have all of these markers. How do we count time now? I mean, time went, <laughs> you know how I like to preach it, time went one way for a really long time, and then a big event happened, and then it started going the other way. If I didn't have this microphone, I just got like kind of chills on that. Not because I'm trying to lift up like that, but this was an event. The, you know, you hear the old timer saying, you know, the cross made all the difference for me. But see, a cruciform vision of your life is necessarily countercultural. Yeah, it is. A cruciform vision of your life is necessarily countercultural. It includes too many people. When religion has been promoting and ugh, telling us for so many centuries of who was out, that is a man-made construct to hold power and control, the cruciform vision that Jesus had, that, the, that God had and promoted in the world was really to change everything and make one new creation out of all of humanity. In your mindset, not that differences get washed away or that diversity becomes excluded. No, diversity is included and celebrated. Your customs and traditions are included it is not ever, was never supposed to be, forgive me, whitewashed. It was never supposed to be one way. But there is a love precedent. And that cruciform vision, that what we, for me, when my eyes were first opened, when I was a little kid, my memory started from there. That's just how it was for me. I started remembering everything. I remember the day that I took very literally the idea of receiving Jesus into one's heart. Did anybody else do that? Yeah, yeah, Anna Claire, that's right. Uh, the way I did it was at nap time when I was four and a half years old, I took the little door of my heart and I opened it. I remember this on grandma's gold bedspread and I said, Jesus, come into my heart. Thank you. I'm telling you, that was a moment for me. Yeah, it was. Of 
course it was a moment. Anytime you see something, that was the whole point, was you are one way, and now you're this way. And what we learn is that God didn't, let me just be real clear, God didn't start loving me when I asked God into my heart. What we know is God was always loving Bonnie. God was always loving all. I hate to jump so general so fast. So God was always loving Bonnie, even for the four years that I hadn't yet asked Jesus into my heart. This is helping somebody. Guarantee you. Because the forgiveness or whatever I think that I needed in order to get to heaven, as they were telling me, didn't start with me. It didn't start with me. It didn't start when I decided to accept what was already mine. This is how God decided to do the whole thing. Is that God in his infinite wisdom, in God's infinite wisdom in seeing all things, placed all of humanity before you ever were born into this realm into himself, never to be lost. This life event isn't dependent on your decision-making on where you go afterwards. really telling somebody something like you might need to hear that today but there is a seeing that is pre-christ mid-christ and post-christ there is a seeing that happens that Jesus I believe was talking on so many different levels there that complexity of how we see how we see the kingdom of God The kingdom of God does not come with observation. It's not see here or look there. The kingdom of God is within you, and your citizenship is of God. Not when you die, but now. Your acceptance of it is going to take you through a lot of cycles of re- um, Repenting, which is to change the mind, is changing your mind about how you see yourself and God and others. And there will be a lot of those cycles. A lot of those cycles of being born again, again, and again, and receiving the love of God. What, they, what I knew about myself is that God was with me even before I officially opened the door. God is with you. Invoked or uninvoked, God is still present. I like to think about God being with these. We think, I mean, we even have the Lord on the cross saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That is a human emotion. We feel that. There are times in our lives when we feel God has abandoned us. Where is God? I am praying and nothing is changing. 
Where is God? Beloved, God is with you. Seen or unseen, invoked or uninvoked, God is with you. My simple submission to you today is what time is it for you? When did you start or stop counting time in your own life? We all have these ways in which we tell time going backward, like, well, that was when Sarah was born. Oh, Sarah wasn't born yet, right? Or wait, um, that was when uh, Reagan was in office, so that would have been, okay, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that, well, that was the year Dad died. When did you start or stop telling time? And from that point, you tell it differently. What Paul was trying to say is that the tragedies and the traumas and the crises that we encounter in our lives are one thing, and they are real. Our citizenship to our country is real. Our ethnicity, our race, our sexual orientation real but beloved you have been made a new creation in Christ Jesus (laughs) old things have passed away dramatic pause And all things have become new. And when you see that, when you participate in God's opinion of you, when you put more weight on what God values about you than what you value about you or devalue, then you begin to be born again. You begin to see anew. You begin to see post-worthlessness. Ooh, I wish I had a preacher in the house. You begin to see post-emptiness. You begin to see, because now you've been through some wilderness experiences, but you begin to have your eyes open some and see things in a new light and know that God was always with you. God was with you pre-your decision. God is with you mid-your decisions. God is with you post-your decisions. God was with you before Grandpa died. God is with you after Grandpa died. God is with you when you were in prison. God is with you when you got out of prison. God has never left you. God will never leave you. God will never forsake you. God never turns God's face away from you when you do something that you perceive as bad. God is with you, permeating every part of your being in the loving way that God does. I think of God as love, and love is permeating this atmosphere and permeating you, and we don't do anything without love. Love is in all, love is with all, love is supporting all, and the more we can open our eyes to that, we will not other everybody and demonize and weaponize, and and our world can begin to take the shape of the cross. Pre, mid, or post, 
Eve, if you would like to come. Maybe there's a way in which you are seeing some things right now that could use a rinsing, a revision. Maybe there's a way that um, you would like to hear yourself talk about that thing once you've gone through. Maybe there's some memories, I, I'm trying to say, that, that you haven't talked about in a, in a long time, and maybe they need to come up for you again and be spoken about from this vantage point. We've all lamented, you know, oh man, I wish I knew then what I know now. There is nothing wrong or outdated about making a decision for Christ. Nothing wrong with that. The only thing it changes is you. It doesn't change God's opinion of you. Come on. It doesn't change God's opinion of you. It doesn't change your... Uh, your uh, eternal destination status. <laughs> it doesn't change any of that. And maybe you needed to hear this so that you can help some of your friends. Maybe you've experienced, someone in your life has experienced a death recently and they're worried that that loved one didn't make it to heaven. Maybe they, you needed to hear this message so that you can pass on the comfort that whether or not a decision was made on this side of life. It doesn't change your, doesn't change your eternal uh, destination, but it does change see and experience life now. Go ahead. I was thinking about that piece, uh, seeing differently. And yesterday I got new glasses, and so while she was talking about seeing ourselves differently, I thought about my glasses. And just as I'm sitting here and I'm shaking my head because I'm agreeing, like the stand is moving, but the stand isn't actually moving, right? Because I have bif I have three focal different blends in my glasses now, but it's kind of like that. You start seeing yourself a little bit differently, and it takes a while to get used to it. Even when I'm stepping off of a curb, or have even a little bit of an illusion right now that something's going up, but it's not actually going up, because my eyes are adjusting to the new lens, to the new way of seeing. And I feel like for some of us, that's, that's where we are. We're in that place of adjusting to the new way that we see ourselves and each other and life in general and what's happening and how we're thinking. And it just takes some adjustment. And it's okay if you feel like you don't totally have your footing yet. There's people and love to support you when you are seeing yourself in a new and a different way. Why don't you guys stand with me? We're going to participate in communion and interactive worship at this time. Um, we definitely have a few ways that you can participate in this time, and I would love for it to stay somewhat quiet in here while we do this. Um, we have our beautiful Lenten cross, uh, and it is our second week of Lent, so I'm going to light the next candle 
we have six candles, I believe, that we light in six weeks. I think that the church upstairs has started. That's what we're hearing, right? Is that what we're hearing? Yeah. So we light the second candle of Lent. I invite you as part of your practice this morning to come and take a candle out of this basket here and light your own candle and place it in the sand. Maybe say a prayer. Um, I love to see this, this portion lit up. We have journaling cards for folks if you would like to write something down that touched you today and put it in this box for safekeeping. Um, and you can come and re- get your, your journaling card anytime that you wish. I always love this part. There's something about laying something down, laying a heavy weight down um, at the end of a service. If you want to do that, here's a rock that you can put in the water. Maybe you're laying down a way that you've seen something in the past that needs to change. And then when you're finished with uh, participating in any of those things, I would love to invite you to the table, um, the communion table. And we will give you this communion. Um, there's gluten-free, there's prepackaged, and then there's the open, open bread and, and juice as well. Um, I invite you to come forward and take it, but then take it back to your seat and either set it there and go participate in some other things or, um, and just wait. Basically, I want to do this all together. I want us to take it all together. So you'll come up, you'll take it, take it back to your seat, and then we'll have it together. Um, so House Church, God bless you as you, can, as you mingle uh, around the, the interactive worship space. Bless you. You guide me, always lead me. I shall not want for anything. Still water. Green pastures, I rest so much in beauty. Even though death lies before me and darkness is all I see, I will fear. No evil, for you are with me. You're always with me. Refresh me and restore me. I shall not want for anything. In the presence of my enemies, you set a table and feed me. Death lies before me, and darkness is all I 
The follow me all of my days. Me goodness and mercy. Will follow me all of my
I think of communion as coming to the table, remembering that we are a people of forgiveness, that we are a people who extend and receive forgiveness and love and mercy. Thank you for participating in the table with me today and for making this part of your own body. I don't want to let you go. This service has been meaningful to me. I want to hear from you, what you thought, how you feel, what's going on with you. If, if you need to talk to me afterward, I would love to engage in a conversation with you. If you have questions about anything, and if you need prayer for anything, Heidi's going to be over here next to the cross. If Heidi, you want to make your way over there. Um, if you need some personal prayer for anything and you want uh, Heidi to pray for you today, we would love for you to come and, and see her after the service. And so, beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. In this is love, not that we love and impress God, but that God loves us and gave God's self to be the mercy seat for our sin. In light of this glorious truth, let us be tender-hearted toward one another, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ has abundantly forgiven us. And as we have freely received, let us go and freely give. God bless you this hour and every hour of your day. It's been my pleasure to be in service with you. I love you. We'll see you next Sunday. Have a great spring break.